Resident Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Michael Don Ham joins us from the New York area where he is co-founder and president of Repure, a company that is on a mission to transform indoor spaces into smarter and healthier environments. In a post-COVID world, awareness of indoor air quality has surged, yet we're still awaiting regulations and codes to ensure our homes and buildings are safe and as healthy as possible. It's crucial for architects, interior designers, home builders, and custom integrators to recognize their collective power in improving the health and well-being of their clients. And that's the mission of Repure and Michael Donham. Michael's vision is to make managing indoor environmental quality in homes and buildings as simple as how a thermostat manages temperature so that everyone can spend time in, in environments that are elevating health and well-being from behind the scenes, yet have access to status of their air and water quality in real time. Michael Donham, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. I'm extremely excited to uh, be in front of your audience today. How are things today in your environment, in your uh, outdoor space where you are? Uh, I'm here in New York and it's gotten very chilly, as uh, you can imagine, at this time of year. But uh, anytime you move into December, it's like, oh, a few more weeks, right? So uh, everything's good. <laughs> yeah, same here. We we went through a real cold snap here where I was just not ready for it. Unfortunately, it's kind of warmed back up a little bit. Maybe you've got a little that ahead of you tomorrow <laughs> since we usually, in the Midwest, we get your weather a day earlier typically. Right, right. But, uh, you know, we, um, we've kind of connected uh, through LinkedIn and some emails back and forth, and, and we spoke recently. But prior to that, I actually enjoyed a podcast that you were on with um, Cedia's Walt Zerby and uh, someone who you work a lot with on, on partnerships, Peter Dyroff of the PureTech Alliance, um, a group of, of sales reps in the industry who are really involved in the environmental, you know, smart environmental um, controls area for the home. Um, you really delved into um, a lot of how custom integrators can get involved in this this whole category. Um, so I wanted to really kind of get your perspective individually about that, talk about your company, all of that. But um, first, for those who may not know you very well, I know, you, I know you're you're kind of getting to be known as MDH because of your three name nomenclature there, but you helped me understand uh, the origins of your name. I, I kind of think it's funny that it's almost like a combination of John Ham and Don Draper, John Ham's <laughs> role. Um, but uh, so, so why the, the three name uh, name? So uh, my parents, um, well, for the people who can see me, I guess on your YouTube channel, I'm, uh, my parents are immigrants and they came from South Korea in the 60s. And I was born here along with my siblings. And the typical Korean family, they'll be given a first name, which is English, an English first name, and a Korean name, which is typically the middle name. And then obviously the last name. And Don is part of my Korean name. So. My parents would call me Don. My siblings would call me Michael. Uh, when I go to school, everyone would call me Michael. But at home, my uh, parents would call me Don. So 
Okay. That explains the three name nomenclature. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Ham with one M, not two, like yeah. uh, John. And I don't even know if John Ham's name is made up for, for Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting. And um, and and when I listened to you on the CDA podcast, I'm like, what? Why is why is it Don Hamm? <laughs> it's just not something you typically hear. So thank you for explaining that and understanding my my uh, you know clunky way of asking. But uh, um, so I guess uh, you know let's start with how you got into this field. Um, I talked to so many custom integrators on the podcast and also um, manufacturers of mm-hmm. audio video companies. You know the the. the uh, folks that have often been an integrator in their past and then work for a manufacturer, their, their origin stories all seem to sort of be some similar, you know, where they got their start. Some of them went to college, some of them didn't. Um, a lot of times they worked in a, in a, you know, stereo shop when they were a kid and they, they got kind of hooked and decided to make it a career. Um, now this is a totally different category within our space that's developing. So how is it that you get into, um, this, the space of, indoor environmental um, quality, um, you know, products. So the commonality with everyone else in the channel is my love for technology, but my training was centered on health and wellness. So I majored in kinesiology. Uh, it's a it's a complicated word to say exercise science. Okay. And yeah. I minored in nutrition. So I believe that being active and um, having a good daily diet filled with nutrient-dense foods would be the key to a long, healthy lifestyle. And then what I did was I got my education degree and I wanted to teach youth to really start understanding these principles from a young age and carry it with them throughout their life so they could live long, vibrant, productive lives, right, without sickness. And um, I've had, uh, I started off as a te- high school teacher and uh, I've had many different experiences in my life so far. I worked on an organic farm where I learned the importance of healthy soils and taking care of the environment and how food is grown. I also worked um, in the biophilic design field and that's kind of coming into our industry now too with like uh, frame TVs and things like uh, digital art, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of converging uh, things happening with my past work history and, and where I am now. And how did I get into the wellness category in our channel? It's really a intersection of my work as a uh, home residential and commercial inspector and testing agent. So I would go into these places where people had issues with allergies or asthma or just being sick. Uh, We would take samples and send it to the lab and give a full uh, remediation uh, guideline on how to fix those things. So mold was a big issue. Air quality was huge. And, um, and, And my love for technology, I started a smart home company where it was kind of like the do it for me crowd, Uh, well-known brands, uh, smart home brands like Google Nest and Amazon. We would go in and just install these these, uh, smart devices. And uh, when I saw the uh, kind of the difficult nature of testing and, and, you know, everyone has to wait, but they want the answer now. So Mm -hmm. uh, my vision for Repair uh, started about a decade ago 
taking air quality instruments and integrating them into dashboards and uh, to be able to give people uh, visibility into the invisible when it comes to their environment. So indoor air, indoor water, I mean, water quality. And uh, it's taken a long while for the technology to come up and with the innovation, but I'm very excited today because we're in a position where we can now deploy these things at a very stable and, and high level, high performing level. So what is the best starting point for someone who really wants to um, have a, a healthy home or healthier environment? Uh, I would imagine that air quality is a good place to start because we all have some sort of a uh, HVAC system that has filters that we need to maintain, but, uh, you know, and there's moisture quality and things like that in the air. What, where do you start? So the starting point and the reason why everyone should think about this starting point is because 99% of environments have air quality levels that go beyond what the recommended levels are. We're not talking 20%. We're not talking even 50%. It's 99%. And indoor air is typically five to 10 times even more, depending on where you live, worse than the outdoor air, just because of the way our homes are built so tightly and the lack of ventilation. So because it's invisible, people really just live with it. They don't know that they even need to do anything about it. So the first step and the starting point for everybody should be putting a monitor in because there's a saying in our industry, you cannot manage what you cannot measure. Mm -hmm. So measurement tools, monitors are really the first thing. Uh, we always uh, educate our partners. If someone is like, they're not really into it, uh, you bring up air quality, water quality to them, and they're like, do I really need that? I'm fine. I'm healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is say, hey, this is a low-cost device. Let's just get it in here. And after a month or a few weeks, uh, we'll see. And you'll be able to see the visible. We, we turn the visible, invisible into the visible. And then from there, when there's awareness, then it'll say, oh, your humidity levels are way too low. Uh, you're more susceptible to uh, infections. Uh, when the mucous membranes dry, dry out because of humidity below 40, 30%, it's actually going to have a heavy impact on how much you house, how much... Um, you can fight off uh, infections and, and viruses and bacteria, things like that. So, and then not only humidity levels, particulate levels, you have um, volatile organic chemicals, like no one knows what's off-gassing from the mattress, from the couch, from the paints. But when you have a monitor, you'll get a sense of what the condition of your, uh, your home or office is in terms of air quality. And, uh, we have a, a writer for us who has been a Crestron programmer, worked for an integrator. He's retired from the industry now, but he likes to still experiment and play with, um, you know, new products that come along and writes reviews for us, Jay Basson. And um, he uh, he does a lot on indoor, indoor air quality and, and sensors. So we've written a lot about it, and I don't have the, the names in front of me, but it seems like there are a lot of very affordable sensor products that are out there and, and yeah. ones that work very well. What, can you give us an idea of, of how, how many options there might be for that or if you've got best 
you know, recommendations for that? Sure. So uh, just like with anything in our industry, you have a, a very price levels and quality levels. So anyone can go to Amazon, even Ikea sells air quality monitors and you can get them for under a hundred bucks. Right. But um, I would caution, I mean, those are all better things that it's better than not having it, but you're going to suffer in terms of accuracy and longevity. Right. Uh, when you go into more consumer grade, little, uh, some more with certifications, you get into the two, 250 to about 450 range. And those are more typical of something that's a little more reliable. Uh, the trends on there are, are more accurate. You're, you're not getting research grade pinpoint accuracy, but it will give you a good insight into what your air quality is. And what I'm most excited about in the next two year or two, three years is these expensive research grade sensors that have been like typically thousands of dollars. We're going to start to see them uh, becoming available at the sub 1000 level, much more accurate than even the, the, the sensors I talked about previously in the 250 to 450 range. So it's an exciting time as uh innovation continues to happen. Okay. So sticking, I guess we could go different directions here, but to stick with the air quality topic, because we'll go into water and, um, light and, and sense, uh, another one that you mentioned, but, uh, sticking with air quality, obviously there are certain things that can affect the, the ebb and flow of air quality with, you know, cooking is one that I always hear about that can create, um, I guess, toxins in the air. I don't know if that'd be the right terminology, but things that are unhealthy because you, I guess you burn something or your oven's not cleaned out. I, I'm assuming, but then, so it becomes about ventilation. I, I, I would guess the next step is how do you take care of these things? But, uh, if you have like a common, your, your sensors picking up something that's just constantly there, they, then you need to pinpoint where that, what the source is. And then what is your, how do you, sort that out like from a technical standpoint so you're exactly right jeremy when you cook uh, it creates a, uh, an environment that's akin to the most polluted city in the world studies have shown that when you cook for about 30 minutes to an hour after uh, depending on your ventilation it really is equal or worse than the worst polluted city in the world so it's something to pay attention to it's why it's imperative when you're cooking to put on the vent hood range, uh, range hood, uh, so that a lot of that pollution will get sucked and sent out. But even with that, a lot of it is going to come in and the sensors pick it up. So you will, I know exactly when my wife is cooking, because I see, I see these things going up on my uh, app, right? Okay. But, um, but how do you minimize the damage of these pollutants, uh, carcinogens, anytime you have combustion going on, you're causing uh, the the production of aerosols, pollutants, carcinogenic materials that when breathed in over a long period of time, it's going to have a long-term health impact. So the, the thing that I would like everyone in the audience to understand as integrators, you can we can take the monitors, connect them to the controls, and then we have hardware solutions at the endpoints and they can, these can all work in concert with each other so that when the air quality, whether it's particulates, VOCs, or CO2, when they go from the green zone 
to the yellow, it can automatically trigger the hardware solution to activate and bring it back into the green zone much quicker than if none of these uh, pieces were were available. So that's the opportunity that our channel has of making homes healthier across the country. And so there, there are small ventilation tools, uh, fans that you can buy that are filtered that you can just have in a room that depending, you know, they're not going to necessarily be the best looking piece of technology because they're stuck in the middle of the room. It's another object that maybe you don't want in an elegant home, but that's one, one thing that could be triggered, I, I assume, yeah. but then what is the more elegant solution? How do you integrate that in? Is it something to do with the HVAC system or is it a separate piece? So you're talking about four men function function. You're absolutely right. A lot of our typical uh, clients for our partners, they don't want to see anything in the middle of the room, especially if it's not like an art piece, right? So mm-hmm. there aren't many air purifier art pieces out there, <laughs> but they are important because they do, uh, they are on 24 seven. And when the whole house systems, which are actually uh, cut into the duct system, those are typically not running 24 seven, even though it's possible you can set it up to run 24 seven. And those whole house systems will do all the heavy lifting. So in terms of function, there's nothing better to address your air quality uh, levels or quality than putting in a whole house system. It will do all the heavy lifting. It acts as a one giant air purifier, right? Uh, But for the times where that's not on, it's good to have standalone portable air purifiers in the areas you spend the most time by your bed your home office, or any other place where family members are spending a lot of time. So it's almost, it, that's the holistic kind of viewpoint of having whole house to do the heavy lifting and then point of use to cover any gaps when the whole house is not operating. Today's episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home, security, and building automation solutions. NICE is bringing together 30 years of innovation with award-winning products to create a holistic ecosystem for builders, integrators, and consumers. Learn more about how you can create one home with one solution at go.niceforyou.com backslash RTT. And those whole house systems, um, are they becoming more familiar to uh, traditional HVAC contractors who the partner that you know their typical integrator is not going to do the hva system they handle the control perhaps or the integration to the controller some don't even want to touch the hvac controller because that's there's some things involved in the wiring that they just aren't typically working with and so they partner with the the contractor right so are they coming becoming more familiar with those types of opportunities in the HVAC community? So this is where I'd like to point out the opportunity for our channel, because before I came into our channel, I actually thought the logical thing would be to go to the HVAC industry, the plumbing industry, and say, hey, listen, I have this connected solution now. Let's partner uh, we'll train you and then you install it. And I was thinking of those trades as my dealer network, right? But they, 95% plus of them, they're just like, they don't want any part of that. That's when I pivoted and I was like, okay, the only uh, channel to do this is our channel. And 
we have a roadmap for this. We have a precedent. It's the lighting and the uh, lighting controls, uh, higher end fixtures, and then you have the electrical trade. And our channel has grown tremendously in this category throughout the past five years, especially where it's pretty much standard on every job now in terms of introducing it to clientele. And so when we talk to our partners, we just say it's the same roadmap. It's the same blueprint. Find a trades partner, find a way to get them to do a perfect install. You handle all the integration, manufacturer handles all the warranty. And as long as everyone's roles are delineated, then it's going to be just as seamless, uh, as seamless as we can, uh, as with the lighting uh, controls, lighting and the electrical trade. Okay, so we've. I'm sure we we could go so much further into the the air quality, but let's talk about water quality now and what what you see there in terms of of problems with your traditional homes, um, maybe even high end homes, water quality, and and what what can be done there. Sure. So uh, the water market growth is about to explode, and the reason is because the piping infrastructure in America is ancient. And the lead levels, any any municipality, like Flint is an example, right? We all heard about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chicago, I heard, is very serious. It has the most lead infrastructure in the whole country. Big cities like New York. The lead pipe infrastructure is so aging. We're seeing more and more water main breaks and the the White House has put a concerted effort to fund a lot of the replacement of it. But until that happens, the water quality, the tap water is just getting worse and worse. There's things like PFAS infiltration. The water treatment plants do not catch it. it it's pretty much found in every tap water source around the country. So the citizens and People in America are starting to hear this and getting concerned. And that's why the water filtration market is continuing to grow year over year. But once again, how do you know the quality of the water by just looking at it? Yeah, you could taste it and taste chlorine and say, uh, you know, I'll just drink it. It's better than something else. At least it's safe. But what is it doing to your health? So now we have technology where you can see the water quality levels before it hits the filter and the water quality levels after it hits the filter. But once again, you bring it to the plumbing trade and they're like, I I don't want to deal with technology. So our channel has the opportunity to really own air and water filtration. And uh, and this takes it to uh, the level of where I've always, since I, I lived in New York for 11 years and my first roommate in New York was my old college roommate and he had a Brita. It was the first time I'd seen a Brita in a, in a refrigerator. And I, I can't believe that, you know, like now I just always have had one. Um, so I'm, I'm always pouring my, you know, tap water into that before I drink it. And, and I have an old fridge, so it doesn't have a good filtration system in it. That's why. <laughs> but uh, you, you're going to the tap itself. You're getting a system that's, again, in line with the whole plumbing system. So you're able to just literally drink out of the out of the tap and have purified water. Is that kind of what we're looking at in terms of the best case uh, 
option here? That's correct. And there's many benefits, not just health-wise, because you're uh, preventing toxins, chemicals, synthetics, uh, heavy metals, pharmaceuticals from entering your body and affecting your cellular health, right? It's not creating any damage. So uh, that's one uh, example. But for example, like we're about to do a, a hotel project and they have bottled water there every day for their uh, guests. And we did a calculation of the cost of the bottled water versus putting in a system and using tap water, which is pennies, uh, you know, it's uh, the cost of the water is pennies on the dollar compared to bottle water. So the return on investment is a few months. It's like mm. half the year. So after that, the hotel is making money. So there's not just the health perspective. There's a ROI perspective for any homeowner as well, because you don't have to buy bottle water. You don't have to lug things, heavy, heavy water into the house. And even more importantly, you're not, we're not um, increasing the usage of plastic that is, um, is being thrown into the, uh, the oceans and causing a lot of harm to ocean wildlife. And, uh, you know, I want to get into what exactly you bring as a company uh, into this equation, but I still want to talk about what, what else it is that is considered your indoor environmental quality uh, focus. And so we've got air and water. Um, you mentioned light, and then, of course, that uh, has come up a lot in our industry mm -hmm. with, like you said, the lighting fixture category becoming mm -hmm. part of um, a more common uh, opportunity for integrators to tackle and um, manage. And they've been doing lighting control forever, but now you can, you're, you're dealing with a new lighting source, which is an opportunity, but also it's, an, it's a need because it's not always high quality light um, right. with the way that the artificial light has, has evolved. And uh, it, it doesn't feel natural uh, and it affects well-being and, you know, the, the science could be debated, but it you, you can know what it feels like to be in an environment that has horribly blue artificial lighting when it's not supposed to be that that time of day. So uh, I'm assuming it's a lot of that. Uh, and, and you talk about biophilia in that, that area as well, um, as we all know. So um, I, I, I probably don't needed that as I did the other two, but. Uh, I'm assuming it's about lighting control and lighting quality. For right. That one. So uh, there are many global organizations uh, like the International Well Building Institute, FitWell, uh, Bream. These are organizations that certify buildings and structures and indoor spaces for health. And if you look at the categories of what constitute a healthy space, Air and water are definitely one of the top categories within there, but we see sound, which is akin to acoustic design in our channel and has a very relevant impact on health because when you get a lot of unwanted noise, which we call noise pollution, it actually thickens the blood vessels, causes higher blood pressure, it releases cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and then we get anxious, so it causes our stress levels to go up. But when we put in high fidelity sound uh, devices and, uh, you know, we give the opportunity for people to listen to enjoyable music at the highest fidelity, that does the reverse. It calms you 
right? It releases stress. So acoustic design and sound have a tremendous impact on health, immunity, like your immune system, uh, productivity, all these things come into play with good sound acoustics in a space. Uh, going one step further, like you said, lighting design, uh, that if, if you just have one temperature of light all day long, and you're spending, we're spending 90% plus in indoor spaces. And if you just have that one temperature, our sleep weight cycle is thrown off. So we're actually impacted by less quality sleep, which impacts our recovery of cells, right? In our bodies and our muscles. When we sleep, everything rests and recuperates and re re regenerates, repairs. But when we have this disturbance of our sleep-wake cycle, we're not getting the uh, high-quality sleep that we all need. So light quality, um, not only with sleep, but productivity levels, and the science is clear on this. So if you go to a lot of the medical research, it's it's pretty night and day now. It's, it's not very controversial as, at all. So I know people in our channel are somewhat hesitant to say to clients, circadian lighting, this is good for your health, but you don't need to do that. You just need to show them these studies from reputable research institutes like Ivy League schools. You just have to show them these things. You don't have to claim anything. You just show what the research shows, but there's a clear link between quality of artificial light uh, and uh, productivity and health. And then you move into things like access to nature, indoor outdoor spaces, our channel is getting more accustomed to creating nice outdoor spaces. We wanna maximize for people to go outside and be in nature. And um, you know, there's many more topics like EMFs that are, that are in the pipeline and are gonna definitely come into our space. But right now the three biggest, I would say four are air, water, lighting design, and then acoustic design. So then where do you come into the um, process with the integrator? Uh, what, are you serving um, initially as a consultant on a project? If you have someone who is really interested in this as a homeowner uh, client or commercial client, uh, do you come in and consult and advise primarily? Do you have, is it your, your, um, sort of uh, controller, your um, uh, software that there's something that is actually integrated into the project itself, products, right. hardware. Um, tell me what all that would entail. So, yeah, we have a full, um, full uh, integrated air and water solution operating system that also is integrated with Crestron Home, uh, soon to be Control 4. And eventually the plan is to allow our healthy home operating system to integrate with all platforms out there, so especially important to our, our channel because everyone's working on a different uh, platform, right? And um, so we want eventual plan is to be integrated into all of them. But you're right, for our early adopters, we don't really need to do a lot of consulting because they're already well-versed in the language of air, water, wellness. They're, they're very knowledgeable on how to present it to their clients. And it's just about deploying our solutions. So very minimal support there other than design 
of air and water systems. So it, we have intake forms. And if uh, a partner fills out the basic information on a home, we will actually design and quote out a whole house air and water system. And that helps uh, dealers a lot take that first step. And then furthermore, until they feel comfortable speaking the language, we uh, we pretty we get a lot of requests to jump on calls with the client, with the builder, with the architect, and through that process, the partner, the dealer, uh, gets to kind of learn and shadow through the shadowing uh, to the point where after three or four of these, they're feeling much more comfortable doing it on their own. And you mentioned when we spoke uh, recently that you, you're definitely keeping busy. You have clients in the in the residential space. You mentioned also just now the the commercial client with the hotel, um, the water purification. So, uh, can you give us uh, a maybe you don't have to name names, but a case study bit of uh, information that folks who are not necessarily ready to do this, but they hear they hear one of their peers' uh, stories. Um, gives them an example to follow and say, yeah, I guess we are doing this in this industry. We need to think about it ourselves. Um, sure. Sure. So um, we started, we introduced this uh, category to the channel about three, four years ago. And you would think that with COVID uh, activity would have skyrocketed. But Jeremy, if you recall, uh, our channel was as busy as ever during COVID. Right. And it actually worked against us because people were so busy, they didn't have time to learn and educate themselves on a new category. So it was, it was actually counter, it's counterintuitive, but it actually was not great for business in terms of uh, adoption. But now that things have settled a little and the economy is somewhat on a downtrend, uh, we're getting a lot of interest. We we have uh, we're reaching fifty jobs in the pipeline now. Probably by next month, we'll be close to fifty, uh, which may not seem like a lot, but for our category, uh, I don't think there's ever been a time where it's been this active. And then, uh, you know, the major markets where people care about health, like in California, on the East Coast, uh, Northeast. Uh, Miami area, those are very, and, and the Midwest in Colorado and Texas, those are very active areas. And I think the rest of the country will start picking up, especially with the continued continued emergence of wildfires and a uh, lot of uh, climate events that affect air quality. People are just becoming more cognizant. So if we continue to train our dealer partners where they can open up the topic and conversation, uh, we're we're seeing a very promising trend that people are showing a lot of interest. Is there a specific um, case study? Um, again, not not to out a client because they might privacy with this, but um, some some superstar integrator that you're working with that just is doing it really well that you could say this is the type of project that we uh, either are specking right now or accomplished already. Yeah. Since we just uh, did a launch at CEDIA this September, so we are uh, working with top integrators in several markets. And what we're doing uh, to start off is outfitting their showrooms and okay. some of their homes. Uh, they want to experience it for themselves. And they mm -hmm. know that with other things, when they ex the way they have it set up at home, it's a lot more powerful when you present it to the client. So 
we really like this pattern uh, because first and foremost, we want to make sure our dealer network, everyone, their families are breathing clean air and clean water as well. And uh, the benefit from that is not only the peace of mind for the partner, but now they have their they don't need a testimonial. They, they just need to give their own story. So uh, that's uh, that's the exciting stuff that's going on. But beyond that, some of our partners are already we're already doing projects for their clients like a large home in Beverly Hills. This project is very exciting for us that we're working on right now. Fifteen thousand square feet. Uh, there's a condo project in, in Florida, in Boca Raton, and um, I believe there's about 60 units, but now our integrator partner is pretty much going from, uh, you know, uh, unit to unit and pitching uh, air and water quality solutions and starting to uh, close on a lot of these uh, apartments that they're, they're actually pitching to. So a lot of, a lot of great uh, case studies that eventually you will start to see in social media and in print. So very excited to show those uh, case examples. That's great. And, and just to touch on something I mentioned early in the conversation, uh, Peter Dyroff and the uh, Pure Tech Alliance, uh, how important is the that alliance of, um, of reps, independent reps, to your uh activities and, and efforts. I, I'm very thankful to Peter, Seth, Dave, everyone related with the Pure Tech Alliance because three years ago they had the our visions aligned. We we I felt that the CI channel was the one that's gonna really take healthy home to the next level, especially starting in the luxury residential market and then filtering it down to the mid market. And then um the Pure Tech Alliance, along with that same vision, really brought us together. And as I mentioned before, COVID didn't go the way we thought it would. <laughs> but now we're in a position where we can really make that impact. And and uh, they're working hard to get the message out, too. And th- where I get a lot of uh, confidence is these are the folks that were at the cusp of when lighting started right? Where lighting control started, where motorized shade started. They are, a lot of them are visionaries. They see the future and then they're like, let's put our energy and focus into this and make it a big part of our channel. And these are people who have had, uh, have experience uh, for decades in the industry and for them to back the wellness category and, and have trust in us as a partner, it, it really is uh, empowering. Well, that's great. And I, I, I'll, I'll echo something that Walt Zerby said on the CDA podcast, which was uh, some convoluted thing about the legs of the stool that I won't get into his metaphor. But, but I, I do agree that uh, lighting is really the, the most important category for the industry to embrace. And, and so many people have already been doing this, maybe even for 10 years, but some more recently, and others who haven't even gotten into it. And there's that opportunity out there. Um, the next one kind of on the horizon, I feel like is power management, you know, especially when you're talking about, you know, integrating with solar and, and alternative, you know, uh, energy sources. And then this is the next one really. And, uh, and I think that, uh, you're, you're, you've got it off to a great start and I hope that this helps folks to understand that there's definitely a partner and a solution that they can bring in and not have to just kind of put it together themselves, um, without, you know, it well thought out. So Michael, thank you so much for giving us the the background on your repure and 
the category of the healthy home in general. It's been a great talking to you today. No, thanks. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Jeremy. And uh, we're just at the beginning. So look forward to checking in with you from time to time, giving updates and uh, really putting a spotlight on this new category in our channel. I really appreciate your support and effort. Michael Donham is co-founder and president of Repure. You can learn more about his company at repure.io. That wraps up today's show, which was produced by Residential Tech Today, IPW, and Pretty Easy Podcast. Please check out prettyeasypodcast.com if you want professional and affordable production help on your own podcast. And if you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you watched or listened to this episode. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at our magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Thursday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. This show was produced by Pretty Easy Podcasts and made possible by listeners like you. If you ever thought of doing your own podcast, please visit prettyeasypodcasts.com. Oh, 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 oh,